Welcome to the Man Up God's Way podcast, a show that dives into the real, raw, and relevant issues for men in their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. Man, finally we get here live to you guys tonight after little technical difficulties. We had the little demons in the machine tonight. We had to sprinkle it with holy water and get everybody off uh, off, uh, off this crazy stuff. So, guys, welcome to uh, the Man Up God's Way podcast. My name is Jody Burkeen. I am your host and the founder of Man Up God's Way Men's Ministry. Excited to have you guys here tonight. I've got a really, really special guest tonight. I actually talked a little bit about him last week, uh, but we'll let him introduce himself here in just a minute. But we're going to go around the room here for a minute. A uh, little niceties here. I got Mr. Ben Neely here on the podcast. How are you doing, brother? Good to see you. Good seeing you. Glad man. to be here. Good. It was a quick week, wasn't it? Yeah. Seems like we were just here last week. Yeah. Was, uh, we good. should be honest and tell people out there, though, it was a hosticle. <laughs> difficulties yeah the host over here screwed up i had the volume down on uh our guest and uh, we kept telling him it was all his fault so <laughs> we made him run around i think he bought three new computers and time to get it fixed so. he commandeered every electronic in his house and it was jody it was all my fault oh, uh, yep yeah Fregosa, yep. how you doing brother Doing good, man. Good. Another dollar another day. You staying out of trouble? Yes, sir. Good. Yeah, doing good. Did you have a good week? Had a good week. Have uh Stephanie's in the house. Can't yeah. see her, but she's back visiting. She's been on the show before. She's in the background doing some work right now. She's in town from Mexico. She does some web work. Miss Stephanie is our, our web uh, person, our Google person, and our Facebook person yeah. for the Man Up God's Way podcast. So we appreciate all that she does. Thanks, Miss Stephanie. So I'm doing host, basically. Awesome. Um, my job consists of just cooking her food. Basically every day while okay. she works. While she works. <laughs> <laughs> Making sure stuff gets done. You gotta earn um, your keep, man. Yeah, but it's been a good week. Um yeah, really, really good week. Busy, busy, busy. Um, all things gravy, man. That's good. Love That's it. good. Well, listen, guys, this is the last week to sign up for the Man Up God's Way conference coming up March 31st through April 2nd. Uh, we're really excited about that. We got the fastest pastor. Don Workstrom uh, coming. He's going to be bringing his car to this conference. He'll be speaking about uh, his trials and tribulations, uh, how he is the fastest pastor, and that is done by racing Pikes Peak in Colorado like a crazy man. Uh, the conference is only $175. Uh, we've also got Stephen Snook coming with us. Uh, he's going to be there talking about his life. He had 19 years in a federal prison on a cocaine charge uh drug running charge and so um i think he probably led more people uh to the lord in solitary confinement than most people do uh, in their own freedom so it'll be a great time to listen to him uh and talk about that so march 31st april 2nd bourbon missouri camp mahaska it's a great camp it's all inclusive 175 dollars includes all your meals friday through sunday um, we've got a great time. It is literally like walking in, putting your mouth on a fire hydrant and take, trying to take a drink. So 
love to have uh, anybody who's uh, local or even fly in. If you're flying in, let us know. We will uh, pick you up at the airport and make sure that you get there uh, on time and uh, inexpensively. So we'd love to have you guys. It's going to be a great time. Regoza, what do you have for us over there? Same story. Amen. Different day. Uh, first book, Man Up. Um, I believe this one is Becoming a Godly Man in an Ungodly World. Yep. And then your second book, Pursuit of a Godly Life, which I'm about halfway through now, Living Like Jesus Matters. It's like homework. You know, come yeah. come be a part of this show. Also, I need you to read these books. Exactly. <laughs> part of the initiation yeah. fee is to read the, read these books. So. Um, so far, man, great read on that one. Uh, we have our merch store. I'm going to share it in the chat. We have mugs, cups, hats shirts it's really just the way that you support uh this podcast we're not here making a bunch of dollars we're here uh trying to provide a service and that is this show and uh yeah that's what we got man awesome one of the best stories is uh ben's story with one of my books uh a friend of his wife's actually gave his wife one of my uh, the first man up book and he uh, he it was sitting on let the me top. tell the story yeah i'll let y'all tell the story it's a good because i can tell it quicker too it's a good so story. my wife and me were courting this would have been like 2015 uh, we got married in 16 and i, I went over to her house one day because we didn't live together and i i was waiting for her in like the which is now a house that we purchased together and so there's a bench in there and there was a book on the bench called man up god's way and i look we were going to a different church so i go to jody's church now but i saw the book and i i looked at it and i when she walked out of the back room i i said to her i said hey stacy I, I said are you uh are you trying to learn how to be a better man <laughs> and she said no uh sharon my friend that goes to jody's church she or this guy's church gave it to me and she thought maybe you would want to read it and i and i was like you know i'm not gonna uh, take a book about being a better man from a woman. You know, I was being all male chauvinistic <laughs> and prideful. And so months later, maybe six months later, we decided to leave the church we were at. Uh, it was just a little too big for my comfort, even though it was, it's a great church. And we show up at ignite, um, which I had been living in Eureka at the time. And so I, I kept seeing, it. and then I saw after she tried to show me the book, she, she told me who you were, and I watched a couple of videos, and I actually saw you and Nan walk into the, uh, a shell station one day. So that was kind of a sign. And so long story short, we decided to start coming to Ignite, walked in the first day. Jody's in the uh, in the foyer, and he saw me, and he so he obviously he knew we were new, and he walked over, and we talked for a few minutes, and then he reached up on a shelf, and he said, here, let me give you my book. <laughs> and so I looked at Stacy, and Stacy looked at me, and she's like, like, you know, I told you so. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm supposed to read this book. Take it from a man. Yeah, yeah that's right. Take it from a woman. So. That's right. But yeah, you can get that on Amazon. And um, we'd love for you to have it. It's only $10 if you get an opportunity to get it. It is still an Amazon bestseller. And uh, for 10 years now, it's been uh, been a blessing uh, in my life and other people's lives. So if you get an opportunity, get that book. So well, good. I'm uh, I'm excited, guys. Uh, we got a great guest here tonight, and uh, Mr. Tanner Wickland. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing great, Jody. Awesome. Thank you for man. asking. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I can't complain one bit. I'm so glad to have you on here. I, you know what? I'll tell you what. There's uh, definitely somebody that didn't want this podcast to happen today. <laughs> and that's uh, I mean, I'm not the technological issues was just like the. I mean, I 
day full of distractions. Let's put it that way. Well, that's usually what happens when the enemy gets involved and he doesn't want something good to happen. So, but we're glad to have you on here. Um, Appreciate it. I'm honored. I'm really honored. This is like a, this is like a dream come true for me. Well, I, well, we're honored to have you here. Um, just so you guys know, Tanner had called, uh, he'd actually texted me or called and left a message. I, I think is what it was or a couple of three weeks ago and, um, took me a few days to get back to him. And then I finally got back to him and I was traveling, uh, one day and I gave him a call and my wife and I were on a, on a, on the car, uh, you were in so, South Carolina. You were traveling back, right? Yeah, no, we were traveling there. We were traveling actually traveling there. there, traveling to South Carolina. And so um, I got a hold of Tanner, and so we just started talking. And, man, it was just a great conversation. I got to hear his uh, hear his testimony and uh, just, you know, what what he just went down. He said, I've listened to every podcast that you guys have started and love Ben and love Fergosa and, and just like one thing after and I'll let him tell the story. But um, I thought, well, crap, we ought to have this dude on the on the podcast just to to hear his story and let him tell his version of it. I know you'll tell it better than I just did, but um, that's kind of how we 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 got started. And then over the, the last couple of weeks, we've been texting back and forth and just trying to encourage him um, as a brother in Christ and uh, hope uh, hope that uh, he continues in his walk because it sounds like God's rocking his world right now. So, Tanner, why don't uh, before I take all your thunder, won't you? Would you just start from the very beginning, man? Tell us a little bit All about right, your story, yeah. and then our guys. Just so you know, they'll they'll just uh, spitball some questions to you. So get ready. Oh, I would love some questions. I love okay. them. Yeah. No, I've been looking. I'm looking forward to it. Ben, it's uh, it's awesome that you're uh, back on. <laughs> I, you just got that. You got that that strong that strong deep voice that just I am. Uh, I just love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. Well, I can always hear you. Yeah, I'm glad you gave me the encouragement. Jody said something. You know, Jody had an evil plan, so he knows if yeah. you throw me a good, uh, some good encouragement, you might change my mind on something. So, I appreciate the, uh, I appreciate the niceties. Yeah, I'm happy to give them. I, I just, uh, so let's start here. Um, don't just relax. It's all good, man. There's only I know a million people listening. So yep. I'm kidding. He's inflating those numbers. <laughs> to rats. Yeah, just share share, uh, your t- share your testimony yeah. with us. He meant it's, it's it's more of the people, all my family and friends that are uh, are watching. You know, like it's it's just like a big moment for me. Really awesome, dude. Well, we're glad to have yeah. you. Brother. I've been uh, I'm just gonna say I've been I've been getting my house in order for some time and my marriage and uh, um there's some true blessings coming about here and and. Uh, Every day, whether I think it's good or bad, I just I take away a blessing out of pretty much everything that I see. Awesome. So, um, and I started. Uh, well, I grew up in um, from the Seattle area, and uh, just a little background knowledge. I grew up. I got a twin brother. Love him. Uh, five minutes apart. Total opposite. Total opposite. And uh, was always really a like a soft soft sweet like caring person and i wear my emotions on the sleeve and uh to say i in a way i always i always expected people to care as much as i did and i feel like as i grew up over time i started to see see life differently and uh i'll start well i'm so i experienced um 
you know, some family, you know, dysfunction in the family, just like, you know, most guys out here in this world and, uh, experienced divorce very early in my uh, life. I was like 10 or 11. And, uh, I grew up, I grew up going to church. We had a church that wasn't too far from where we lived. And, uh, you know, I went to church and I did youth group and, you know, we were, we were in the church, but not once did I ever, ever really grasp it or want to grasp it or understand it. Cause I just didn't, I wasn't, I never was shown the difference between a relationship and a religion. And that's where, that's really where, until you know Jesus, you, you don't know him, I guess, is what I'm saying in my eyes. I mean, like, I I went through doing all these things and, you know, like, in your book, when you write about being drugged to the church or, you know, you felt like, yeah, it said you had a drug addiction, you know, right, right. getting drugged through the doors of the church. I was like, freaking live this, man. And I'm, as I'm reading my book, you know, like, I really start, or as my book, your book. Um, I really start reflecting on my life and really start thinking and um, I'm reading through it and I'm like, I'm laughing Baskin Robbins guy or Baskin Rob, you know, for the one flavors, try until you love it kind of guy. I'm like, this guy's like my, it's like, I have my dad. I can totally relate to him. Like I live this. And uh, so that was my eyes, like my high school. I just, just dinked off and played sports and, you know, like, um, you know, we had the, I didn't, I was really, my mom, I was with my mom the majority of the time and she did, my mom's wonderful, was a wonderful grandmother and, you know, taught me, taught me really how to, you know, what women enjoy, what women want, what I was looking for in a, in a woman really in life, like type A personality. That's like your mom, right. my mom. And, uh, you know, so I'm like searching through high school and all these things. And I'm just literally, you know, you're dealing with all your insecurities and everything, you know, you get made fun of and you just take it to heart and you start beating yourself up and slowly like that little childlike spirit just starts dying out of you. And you just get closer into, into heading to like being 18. You just want to be an adult as fast as you can. And, uh, you know, I didn't really know, I had no idea where I was going in life. I had no plan. All of a sudden the guy from my senior high school and asked me, Oh, what are you going to do after high school? I'm like, I don't know. It's just never going to end. I'm like, I'm having fun. I'm, I wasn't, nor I wasn't getting in trouble with police or anything like that. You know, like we were smart or, you know, I wasn't, I was doing bad things, but I was, I was, I was always lucky, you know, like I, I was able yeah. to have fun and not yeah, stay yeah, out of suffering. trouble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Doing I stayed out of trouble, but staying I stayed out of trouble. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I saw things. That's what that you mean. Like, wow. Every time you, you ask me, right? Yeah. You say, you stay out of trouble. I'm doing bad things. You're staying out of trouble. I got asked that all the time growing, growing up. I'm like, staying out of trouble. Yeah. I'm staying out of trouble, but I may be, maybe doing a little trouble, you know, maybe in some trouble. I don't know. But I just, it got to the point where it was like, I'm like, I'm invincible, man. I, as long as I just, someone's got a hold of me or somebody's, somebody's watching out for me or, you know, whatever. And I, I, you know, I had, I'm a lover, right? So I want, I was always, always wanted a girlfriend, always wanted to find somebody. I had like a vision of like who I would, who I would find that like the type of woman I wanted and everything like that. And like how they would treat me, what I expected. And I just started going through the, through the burner on that one. Like I just, you know, and I think that is where I struggled because I had like a sense of, per- if this person didn't live up to the standards, I was, it was 
it just hurt my feelings, man. It just really killed me. And I think that's where I just started just carrying all this baggage, relationship baggage with me, just expecting to learn, I guess, right. you know, like, I don't know. Oh, obviously this one ain't right for me. Time to go searching again. And, and that was, in, that was for everything in life. And, uh, I chose to go to college and I applied to one school, got in and that's where I went. And I had no idea, not one clue what I was going to do. I mean, I literally got there. I was like, what do you want to, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? I don't know. No idea. But, uh, I had grown up in a very, the dad, my dad's side, my family is very, uh, blue collar, um, all in construction. You know, they, they feel self-made in a sense, which we, you know, like I, I bought into that, like, you know, right. like I can do all this, all these things, all these things under my own power. And, you know, I, I, I can do all these things. I wanted a family. I wanted to get married. That was my goal, my vision. And so like, first thing I thought that would get me, that would be to work as much as I could and to get a retirement and a pension and all these things. And if I work all these hours and get set up financially, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. So I'm, I'm going to school, 19 years old, I'm going to school. And literally every time I was home, I'd work. And that's what I do. I mm -hmm. wouldn't take any time to do anything other than that. I just, so I get, I get going through college and stuff like that. And I, I realized that when I'm at school, I'm severely, I want to say I was depressed and I was, I was just trying to find that. I was trying to find something that would fill my cup in the sense, like I just, whether that be, um, you know, alcohol, drugs, going to events, doing certain things, hanging out with women, uh, all sorts of things that I was like, I had no, I didn't know how to say no. I was like, all right, I'll try it, whatever, you know, have some fun. And, uh, I just, by the time I got out to college, man, I couldn't wait for it to be done. I couldn't wait for it to be done. And I didn't get a degree. I, I left a semester. I still have a semester full of credits that I didn't finish and I didn't get my degree. And I went to, uh, you know, I wanted to be a broadcaster actually. And, uh, I wanted to call football games. That's what, like everybody told me. It's like, you should be a sports broadcaster. I just didn't listen to it. I just saw it wasn't realistic and they just hire all these former pro athletes and I can't do this and I can't do, you know, I got to just, I gave up on it and then I just settled into working hard. So that's what I did when I got home from school. Right. And I was, you know, 23 years old ish. And I just jumped into work and working a ton of overtime, pulling in a bunch of money making way too much money for the age I was at. And I just always thought I had, you know, the show for that, you know, like all my hard work. Cause I, and how, do, how old are you now? 29. We'll be 30 yeah. in July. <laughs> yep. And, uh, plenty of time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And for a while, I felt like I had no time. <clears throat> like right. just, and uh, I get to through my twenties, I'm going through my twenties. Right. And, uh, you know, I just work and trying to find a wife in the sense, trying to find somebody that that's right for me. And, uh, you know, like I said, I made a lot of mistakes and, uh, I think I was really what kept, what kept me really from growing was my pride because right. I felt like I deserved this or I deserved that, you know, and I made, there was a lot of, a lot of failure in, in relationships. 
um, well, whether or not it was my fault. Yeah, unfortunately for for those of us who've gone through those teenage early twenty years, I mean, you mm-hmm. you tend to get caught up in the world, and you think that oh, man, all I've got to all I got to do is make money, you know, have a family, and you you don't God's not even leading in those directions, and most of the time yeah. it's so stressful because you think that you're failing as a human being, especially in today's culture, because you've got social media coming at you nine hundred miles an hour telling you that you know, you're not rich enough, you don't have enough cars, you don't have enough all of this, <clears throat> and you have zero hope of of a future whatsoever, especially in eternity. And so I, that's that's very stressful, especially for a lot of these kids. And I was sitting here writing down just some notes. And, <clears throat> you know, when, I, when you said you were in college, and my thought was, you know, how can we how can we come alongside men, um, you know, and even in young women, how can the other mature women come alongside these young men and women as they're going through these, you know, late teens, early 20 years to help them guide them and direct them and keep them from getting lost? Or is that just kind of a rite of passage? I think it's a rite of passage. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't, uh, um, expectations, right. So what I'm hearing in his story is is unrealistic or unmet expectations that he was that he was putting on himself right. or putting on other people, and the reason I can say that is because I've done it, it too, yeah. right? Un- unrealistic expectations on my wife, you know, unrealistic expectations on what I thought I was going to do in my life or what I thought what I saw myself doing, um, or what I thought was due to me or was owed to me or what I should get for this or get for that. So I'm sure you're probably going to go in that. It sounded like you were being pretty intentional when you said something about expectations earlier. So it's probably part of your testimony, but that's what I heard is just, we, we've got to teach these kids, especially these young kids that, that know Christ that, you know, that what is the old saying? God, you want to make God laugh, tell him what you're going to do today. Right. And he had his whole life, Tanner had his, his whole life planned out. Right. He, he goes, if I get this and I get this and I get this, this is successful. This is what I want. This is what I need. This is what I deserve. Right. And God probably, I, I guess we're going to go into that, said, right. okay, yeah, we're, we're going to teach him a lesson. Yeah. Right. There's an, oh, yeah. There's an interesting uh conundrum that comes up when we're talking about expectations especially in the relation to the culture now you know the the um amish don't have the same struggles that we have with keeping individuals out of trouble so to speak right right because it's a different it's a different lifestyle it's wake up early in the morning it's it's work it's uh picking your own food it's growing you know it's it's slaughtering your own animals it's a completely different layout and i feel like what's that uh what's the movie is it kingpin where the amish guy gets suckered into the bowling isn't that it yeah but i mean there's like but he was the only one who got suckered in like right. they don't run into that problem right uh, unless uh woody is it woody harrelson, woody harrelson yeah. yeah unless he's in there you know drawing him out but it, i think you're you know realistic expectations when it comes to the culture I think it's very, very difficult to live in the culture in which we're in and um, yeah. And then stay, stay quote unquote on a correct path. Right. That's well, Sorry about that, Tanner. Go ahead. Oh no. I, you hit it on the head for you. It was like ding, 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 like a pinball machine kind of like that. That was 
that was my twenties. Easy. Right. The first, the first, first to mid part of my twenties. And then, um, you know, uh, so it was when we hit a uh, 2018, um, and, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a sense of my time, like as in my time that here's reality, you know, like forget what you know or think like you're going to be a dad and, uh, um, totally off guard, totally unprepared, totally in the wrong spot in life. I mean, like, you know, like as in like outwardly, I would say like, you know, at the time I would be like, I can, I can't be a dad. Like I would, I, I, I don't want that right now. I'm not ready. And I, I do want that, but I'm not right now. And, uh, I had one phone call changed that for me right there. As in, you know, I was by myself. I was scared. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to talk to. I felt like I had failed and, uh, uh, you know, this sense of guilt and like shame that I had, I put on myself because I felt like I would get looked down upon because of the circumstance and the situation that it was. And I just, I just decided. And, and, uh, you know what, like I think about the relationship that I, that I, that I crave and wanted with my dad. And, uh, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to let, I wasn't going to fail. I wasn't going to, I wanted to give my kids or my, my boy was, I was, ended up being my first child. I was in, I wanted to give him the relationship that he, that he should have with, right. with his dad. And I wanted to be there no matter what. So I, I was, man, it was hard. Um, that's really, and I really, that like gave me a sense of hope though. And that something to fight for, I guess, you know, like as men, like, you know, you, you want something to fight for and that's, and, and that's like, I want, I want my boy to have his dad. I know he could be, the world is a better place with dads and no one can ever tell me anything different because um, like he's, like you say, like it's just men are, Mm -hmm. men need to be leaders. And uh, um, I wanted to make sure that I, that I could, could do that to the best of my ability with no, no spiritual basis at the time. Um, And uh, so I was there and that, that was a lot of change and a lot of short amount of time. I money just, gone like i mean I, I totally just was making bad choices real rash quick rash decisions really quick just put myself in a hole financially mm-hmm. uh emotionally but it was filled of a lot of joy and like like love for my my son and you know it made me think like oh you know i the the gal that i got pregnant i literally was like she has to be the one you know she has to be the one that I'm going to be with my whole life. You know, like I want that for my kids because my parents split and like it, like I, I, my parents are good. I know that I'm good. And that's what, that's what I wanted for my kids. Cause you know, mommy, you don't want to see mommy and daddy fighting. You don't want to see them split up. You know, they're, they're super, you're, you're superheroes in the sense you look up to them. It's like it's why I'd start doing what I did for a living. I wanted to, I wanted to work for my dad and I wanted to, you know, in a sense, like I wanted to, you know, take over my dream was to take over for him one day, you know, and just keep his legacy going in that sense, because that's what the legacy I saw. And I just bought into it. And, uh, so I just wanted my kid to one of my, I wanted to be a good example for my son. And right. was, I just failure after failure. And, you know, lead up to the most magical moment in my life was when he was born, like 
it was there was a lot of crazy stuff going on at the same time too a lot of a lot of trial and error and just oh man but it was the most empowering moment ever is holding your your son in your hands Amen. and the first thing i first thing i told him i was like you're always gonna be my best friend and i that's cool and i met i just literally i was so freaked my hut my heart was so warm and i'm like this is amazing like seeing him like see like his little hands and his eyes and his you know head and everything. i'm like this is a life form right this is great this is this is this is like one of the most this is this is in, like an intimate moment this is a yes. living breathing thing that came from me right and i'm like wow so like i really decided i this point i'm a father so like my whole my outlook on life changed and i started, really started searching in a searching in a more intentional like purposeful direction right like i wanted to get i wanted to be there for him i no matter no matter what the cost was, I didn't want any. I didn't want him to see anyone else as a dad, and I wanted to be. I wanted to be everything that, you know, he needed as far as a dad, because I didn't want him to have that those father wounds and those, you know, those those things that every one of us men carry. I mean, no matter what, like we're right. always going to have a little bit of. We're all broken in a way, and I think that's some people don't care to admit it, but. I've yeah, never think, had a problem doing it. Never. I think that's huge to to know and recognize because regardless of that, I mean, this is just to give you some encouragement. And I'm I'm not a father, but I've watched my brothers do it. Yeah. But as much as you want to avoid father wounds, your son will have some father wounds. You're not going to be able to be a perfect father. There will be some yep. places that you lack. And mm-hmm. uh, luckily, when you're surrounded by, you know, that's what part of this podcast is about. Um, being surrounded by other men. <clears throat> We all have different gifts. There'll be some places where God will place men in your son's life um, where, you know, a a lacking in your area and someone else will step in. Um, It's really, really astonishing to me how men in my life have come and father figures have come uh, through and really stepped in where maybe my father lacked a little bit. God has a very sneaky way of doing that and being the perfect father where we fall short. Um, I love that you're hitting on that, man, because mm-hmm. that is talk to my brothers about the way that they view their children. Um, that's the, that's the thing they want the most is to make sure that they are a solid, uh, father figure and give them everything that, you know, that we quote unquote didn't have. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. I would encourage you to, um, your son needs a father, not a best friend. And I understand your content there completely because at the older they get, they will become your best friend. But until that moment, man, they need a dad, you know, they, they need somebody that's going to discipline them and take care of them. And I think, you know, that I I know what you're saying. Like, it's just like, Oh my gosh, you just, it's brand new. And that's what you want to do. Yeah. I wanted in the best friend sense. Now, like I wanted him to always know that he could come to me with anything Right, and I would not reject him or turn him away from from being there for him. You know, like I wanted to right. be there for him. That and that's what I meant by that. But then, right. like I said, yeah. like you know, like it was a uncharted waters for me. I'm like, I got to be a dad now. I was reading books. I was going went to classes. I mean, I, I mean, I, I intentionally like wanted to be a fa- the best father I could be to him. However, that looks books. Like. Uh, what books were you hammering in on? Then, uh, back yeah. then more necessarily books more so like um i would read online i would read i'd read um you know different blogs and stuff off uh, 
um, just off like a lot of off Facebook. I like was in dad groups on Facebook, oh, like, nice. you know, with guys in the community or, you know, like, uh, um, and the, it, it, it changes here. And I start like intentionally like straightening my, my path. Like I'm starting to like head towards the right direction after like this part of the story. I, I really started getting to a point where, and this is because of the relationship struggle with his mom to start there. Um, that I felt like I had to be in a, I found like more of the single dad groups, I guess you can say, because mm. I didn't, yeah. Like basically I was going to be a father in my eyes on my own. Like I, I didn't think our relationship was going to last. So I started really started to get in encouraging groups on Facebook and stuff like that. And, um, um, I read like, you know, like how the, you know, was it how, what are the pregnancy books? The, how to, what they expect when you're expecting. Yeah. Like, yeah, those, exactly. like the dad yeah. I read all this dad stuff. Yeah. Just like stuff like that. Those so, are like, good I changed books. diapers. Yeah. I never, yeah. I never turned down changing diapers, even though I like dry heaved every single time. Uh, <laughs> bottle feeding. I, I, yeah. Like literally I can't, when they start eating real food, dude, I, I mean, it literally, it changes the game. Yeah. It changes the game. It it's, does. it's horrible. It's horrific. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but I do it. So I'm blowing chunks. I'm doing it. Yeah. So, so the, 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 I have to do it. one of the best things I've ever heard uh, about raising children, and it was too late for me. My kids were already adults and stuff. When I heard this is kids do what they see, not what they're told. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So the, the biggest thing that you can be in your child's life is an example. Let him see you. If you're a workaholic, your son's probably going to be a workaholic. If you're treating his mother with respect and and, uh, you know, dignity and this, that and the other, they're probably going to do that. But it, you can give that you can verbalize a million message. And I'm not saying that there isn't power in speaking wisdom into your kid's life, affirming them. That's all important stuff. But in the end, they do what they see, not what they're told. I mean, like they'll do That's what they're fair. told. They'll like, you know, go pick up your toys. They'll pick up their mm-hmm. toys. But they they definitely do what they see, not what they're told. I'm seeing this more in my grandkids' lives than I did in my own kids' lives because mm-hmm. I was divorced very young. But I see the way that my grandson is just like his dad. Uh, he's a worker. <laughs> he's a hunter. He he just everything that his dad is, he is. Uh, yep. The girls are just like their mom and their 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 nana. You know, uh, they 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 they're always helpful and. You know, just like their mom and their their grandmothers and and all that. So just keep that in mind. That he's going to do what he sees. Yep, I appreciate that. I really do. And that's you know, the funny part is is uh, and I'll get to this. I'll get to this at some point in my story too. But that's exactly what I see see now. Like I see him doing what he sees. Like as in like, uh, you know, intentionally having a, or having a relationship with Jesus for me. And seeing him do the things he's doing now, it blows me away. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a three-year-old prayer on pray on his own. I've never seen the. I mean, like before we even touch food at my table, like they, my kids will sit there and wait, and they're like they see they see me start doing things, um, see me reading the Bible, and then you know all of a sudden they're doing they, that's what they want to read about, and they like hearing about it, and uh, you know uh, it's affirming when they when they want to want to do those things. Like when my boy, I asked him, I was like, you want to pray 
do you want to pray on your own or do you want daddy to pray? And he's, uh, he says, I'll, I'll pray on my own. And he comes, he finds the words. He starts, starts talking. It's, it's not very clear or anything, but it's, uh, it's, uh, he's saying thank you. And like, right. thank you. Yeah. Like just, I'm like, wow, he's three, he's three years old. I'm like, it's more authentic than ours, huh? <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. all right. I love it. Childlike faith is right. a, just makes it like, I'm, but essentially that's where I'm starting. And just a um, quick, funny, just a quick funny story, Tanner. My five-year-old grandson, you know, we he, we've gotten where you know he prays before meal when he's with us, and uh, he's gotten to this this point where now he he's you know you get the like we go to Mexican and you get the chips and the salsa first, so we want to pray. Well, he yeah. don't want to pray until he gets his food. I'm like, the main I'm like, Bubba, pray, man. You're holding up. For- I don't want to pray. We gotta wait till we get food. Oh, <laughs> yes. about it, you know. Yeah, it's funny. So, Tan- so Tanner, when hilarious. when did you start walking toward Christ? I guess is you know the the question. Right here now, I found out. Uh, found out I was gonna have another kid. Um, very eleven months apart, actually. Okay. So at this point, now I'm like, oh wow, like I did not expect it. Out of the like, I mean, like. I was amazed. Right. I was amazed. And, uh, that's when our, basically the, the destruction started in the pandemic in my life started at the same time. And dude, I was, I was sitting there and I was at this point, I, uh, my boy wasn't in my life and I was going to be an every other weekend dad. And I was literally trying to just settle upon that. And I couldn't, I literally sat there for a month. It was the day of the pandemic. I, I, uh, it was a situation where basically I had to go to court and courts were shut down. They were over the phone. I was living in fear. I was living in, I was living in fear of not being able to be in my kids' life. Now I have a girl on the way. I was afraid of not being there for her. Like starting right from the moment I found out and I literally saw myself as the biggest failure and it just, it just broke me, man. I just, I like literally the thought of a gun barrel wasn't even scary to me. It was like, literally like I have to suffer. I have to live through this. And you know, I, I li- the only hope I had in my, my heart was my kids and mm-hmm. being there for them. And I can't be there obviously if I take myself out of this world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I started just like that. I mean, I went back to their mom and tried to be involved in their life again that way. Cause I said, if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. And again, it blew. And then I, this is 2021 in January and I hit, I was rock bottom. I was numb. I was just literally, there was, I had four garbage bags full of my clothes. I literally, I didn't think I was, I was going to have a messed up relationship with my kids. I didn't have any money. I didn't, I was going back to live at my mom's house in which I was, I'm grateful for, um, of having somewhere to go, but I literally felt like I had nobody, nobody I had family turmoil. I, had, mm-hmm. I mean, like just People, I felt like my family looked down on me and that I was a failure. And then in walked in my life, uh, my now wife, who was a friend of mine for years before that. we were friends for eight years. Um, we tried to hang out uh, and we like sparks were flying. Like in, it's, we hung out one time in 2019 or 18. And uh that was when I found out I was going to be a father. I, co- I cut everybody off. And so basically she 
she basically wrote me off like, oh, like she was totally into me and I just totally screwed up and I didn't know how to man up and tell her that I was going to be a dad. And I uh, basically like burnt the bridge with her. And so the, the pandemic hit, I had her actually come over and I like apologized to her as a friend, like, and she was dating somebody else and it just melted me. Like, I was like, wow, I screwed that one up. Cause she was like, truly like, she's my friend. Like I totally like, she's just a total sweetheart to me. And that's why I always wanted to be around her. And, uh, so fast back to 2021 and, uh, this is in, uh, March and, uh, we go, I asked her to go out to dinner and I like, literally I was just like, I need to work and I got to pay child support and all these things. And I had no hope. Like, I'm just like, well, I suck. I failed at being a dad. I might as well go find someone to be happy with. And, right. uh, we ended up going to dinner and the rest is history, man. I, uh, she basically had a very short dating time. And then that span, um, all of a sudden both my kids fell into my, in my care full time. Amen. Um, the circumstances weren't the best, but I, it was a blessing that I, boom, my kids are here and I get to, to raise them. And it was hard. There was, I mean, a year of custody battle and just like hardship, like bad things happening. I was still emotionally and like, just, just numb. And, you know, I, I'm be honest with you. I don't know how she continued to follow through or say yes to me when I asked her to marry me, but that was like three, you know, six months, seven months after we started dating very quick. And, uh, that took us, that was in, uh, end October in 2021. And at this point, basically the kids are here full time and they're, and, uh, their biological mother, uh, they don't, they don't have a relationship with, they don't, they don't, she doesn't see them. And, uh, you know, uh, in the sense, um, my kids have a mother and, uh, you know, like she would, she, she mentioned to me, um, that God had asked her if she was willing to be a mother to two kids that didn't have any, mm. but I didn't, I didn't listen to it. I just like, like I knew she, she was a Christian. I knew she was a Christian, but I, at this point I didn't know religion from relationship. So like right. it didn't, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't swinging left one side of the fence or the other. Like it didn't, wasn't something that I was going to be like, Oh, let's, let's go to church or let's do this or that. But she was, she kept planting the seeds in me and like, then your story about your coworker and you planting the seeds in all the time, like it'll, it'll come through. And I'm an example of that, like a year a year of it, man. She would do, be doing Bible study and I would be like, Oh, freaking Bible study instead of hanging out with me and all these <laughs> things. And she basically, yeah. I mean, like just, she literally just, but she just adored me, man. And I, she saw more than me. Women know more about their man than their man knows about themselves. I'll tell you Amen that. On that. So Amen. She saw, Oh man, the intuition is her intuition is just marvelous. And I, I started, we started getting to, uh, to the point where we're engaged and again, we're suffering. We had a laundry list of stuff happening, bumps in the road and all these things, but you know, we, we made it through it all. And like, I was like, wow, like we really, most of this stuff that we've been through literally would tear apart anybody, but we just kept going. And, uh, right. and, uh, we get to the month before my wedding and, uh, exactly one month, August, August 3rd. I remember the exact moment and every day. And, uh, um, this point I am, I'm beat up. I'm done. I'm just like tossing the burner. And, uh, at this point I have just severe anxiety and just like, just super tense and just, just 
messed up. I literally like was so broken and I literally wasn't even, I told myself, I was like, I'm not even excited to get married at this point. Like, is, is this what it's supposed to feel like? Because literally everything is going wrong. No one wants to stand up next to my wife, stand up with me next to my wedding day. I'd have, I'd, literally everything's going wrong in this process. It's, it's just tough. It's just a, feel right. like a burden. Right. And uh, we get through the bachelor weekend. That was the weekend before the third. And uh, I'm sitting in my car and my buddy had come over who had asked to be my best man. And I just, uh, um, it was just me and him. And we were just, we were drinking, drinking beer. And at this point, at this point, we hadn't really been, I don't, I didn't drink at this point. I gave up drinking. Right. And, uh, but we drank because it was a makeshift bachelor weekend, except I had the kids here. And he kept telling me how low he was in life. And I just didn't have the words to say to him. Like, like I just kept encouraging him. I was like, you know, like tell him of his value and all these things, but not actually like being there for him. Like, you know, like, Hey, like, you know, like I got you, what do you need? Like, you know, taking right. that, taking that step. And so I'm sitting in this parking lot on the third, having that in my head and I'm just stewing on it. I feel so crappy. It was just like, I feel like I let him down and he's, he's life's over because of me. Cause I didn't say something. I'm listening to this podcast. They, they released through work and it's talking about mental health. And, you know, if somebody's to the point where they're so low that they're talking about, they're saying suicidal things, you know, like be the bold one to step up and be like, Hey, here's the number. I'll call him with you. Like, you know, be there for him. Right. You know? And, uh, I just felt so crappy. I had anxiety is pitting at me, man. Like time was moving really slow, sitting in my car. And I just keep hearing the words. It was just, just beating on me. And I'm just, I'm sick. And I was in puke. And then all of a sudden, man, I just, I just stop. And I'm just, I just, I get, I feel like this overwhelming presence. And my, it felt like it was in the backseat. And like I told you over the phone, you watch The Chosen, where right. Jesus touches Mary on the side of the head like this. It was literally like that. And just at the, at the peak of that, like my anxiety is, is gone. And he just, he just, I just hear a voice say like, call Jess and tell her you're not okay. And I'm like, what? Like, really? You want me to tell, tell my fiance I'm about to marry in a month and just totally break her apart that I'm not okay. Okay. Right. But I did it. I pick up the phone called her and I said, Jess, I'm not okay. And, uh, she had told me, she just calmly just says like, you know, what you're looking for, you're not going to find on this, on this earth. And I, and I'm like, what are you, what are you doing here? I, I did not expect it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I said, what are you doing here to me? Cause this is, this is serious. Like I'm not okay. Like, you, yeah. And then she's like, she's just very calmly. And like, and she like was scared to do this because she was, you know, in fear of me rejecting her saying it. But she said, you, she says, you need Jesus. And I'm like, I just, I sit there and I just, I chew on it for a minute in my head. I'm like, okay. Okay. I'm, I'm like, basically like, what does that mean? And like, just, I basically, I was told like, you know, keep talking, like you keep asking questions. And, uh, she basically encouraged me that she loves me and that she'll, she'll talk to me when you get, when I get home. And, and then I, so I drove home and I'm just like thinking, I'm like, Jesus, I'm like hmm. all these things. And I get home and we start talking and I'm in my living room and 
I'm just looking at her and she's sitting in the chair and she's just like dazzling like to me. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like looking her in the eyes and I'm actually listening. Listening. It's crazy. It's crazy what happens when you do that. Um, <laughs> I was going to say a rarity. Yeah. <laughs> it's like most managers carry a roll of duct tape around with them. I swear. Right. Just, yeah, yeah. That's all they want. That's all. That's literally all they want. And uh, yeah. get their feelings out. Yep. And uh, once I did that, I just started asking little questions, like little questions. And uh, we started talking about how we came together and how we were brought together. And, uh, you know, she shared that, shared what God had asked her. She's willing to be a mother to kids that weren't hers. And then we were talking about the Holy Spirit to start popping things in my head. And it was like light flickering in my living. Like literally it was so clear to me. And I ask him every day for clear signs because that's my ticket. Like, I just love it. I love seeing stuff like that. And uh, you get, I get these just straight, like just soft voices in my head, like, and I'm like, how does, I asked her, like, how does, how does God talk to you? Like, how does he speak to you? Does he sound like somebody else or does he sound like me? He's like, he sounds like you, but did that thought originate in your mind or was it placed there? And I was like, it was placed there. I like, usually God. tell people it sounds like me, but way too smart. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely yeah. me. Yeah. Cause that was my yeah, voice. I, I, yeah. I'm not that smart. You start reading, start reading through like Proverbs and stuff. And you're like, it's literally like just, it's like that little that little soft alarm in your head, like, hey, you should probably think twice about this that you're doing here, or like, you know, like, hey, like, maybe say this, or, you know, wisdom in a sense. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just recalling, yeah. And so I just said, I asked her, I said, I was like, who did who did this? Like, who who like who's all these things are clicking in my head. I'm like, wow, that 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 happened during this time. This led to this. Mm. And in salt, small, soft voice, I did that. And it was God. He told me straight up. He says, I did that. I, I put you guys together. This is my like gift to you. you and at go. that point, a month before my wedding, I knew I was like, wow, this is my wife. This is really the person that God created for me. And I'm with her right now. And she's looking at me and she's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Amen. And I'm like, I'm like totally shell shocked. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, she knows it too. She'll, she'll, she'll test to it. And it's like, you're right. Well, she loves it when I talk to her like that. She does. And uh, all women do. Yeah. And it just, it's like treating her like, you know, she's my gift from God. And if you just remember that, and what do you, if you you get a gift from God, are you going to, you going to take care of it? Or are you going to, you know, throw it outside and just let it get weathered or something? You know, it's like, we've we've located the problem pastor, because I believe that I am gifts. God's gift to all. <laughs> yeah. So you know this. You're starting to make a lot of yeah. sense, Tanner. Yep. You're still the yep. clay. You know, we're, we still haven't made you the the pot yet. So yeah. we're still working on you. And that's where I and I asked her. I was like, I got. I was all in. I was like, Holy crap! This is real. Let's go. I'm like, Let's go right now. And I need my football coach to tell me get your piss hot. And I didn't understand what that meant until like I found Jesus. But like, as in like, this is so intriguing to me and it became an obsession really i got i asked her to ask her friend who lives down the street who's very very uh, near and dear to us and uh she sent me a link to a podcast because i asked her I, podcast worked for me i listen to joe rogan from time to time and i like i like i like guys sitting around just you know talking shop in the sense you know like that was my thing and uh you know uh that's where you get wisdom from like you know right. older guys or whatever 
So sends me calling to your us podcast. Old, I think. No, no, no. <laughs> I agree. No. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, it's accurate. So your so your your wife's friend sent you a link to our podcast. Yep, and she was very she's very uh she's You're very strong believer. Right. Yep, I'm put in Seattle, awesome. and uh, first one that sent me, I listened to it. Let's put it that way. I um I run heavy equipment um for a living, and so you, I, uh, I put my pod. Um, excavator, dozer, loader. Oh, nice. All that. Yeah. Yep. That's good work, you, are, you are making some good money. There. <laughs> yeah. I moved dirt. I moved dirt. That's what I got. That's what I did I union for a little bit. So yeah, that's some, that's some good yeah. cheese. Yeah. No, I, I love it, man. I just, I mean, it was again, a production based business. I was like, you know, if you're not producing, you're not, you know, that you're not making money. So like, I, I just always have to really. I had to really sit and I just, I plugged in, man. I started listening to you guys and I was like, listen to Jody and just everything you're saying. I'm like, no way he's talking about that. No way these guys are talking about this. And then they're throwing in verses from the Bible, which I've had a Bible. I've seen Bibles. I went to, obviously went to church, but I like, you couldn't, I, I couldn't open it and tell you what was what or where to go or what, wh- anything. But as more as I just hear you guys talking about it, I'm like, wow, that's in the Bible. Wow, that's in the Bible. And then I get like things where I've heard before from like when I was playing football, like iron sharpens iron. I literally got that beat into my head. And then when I go on your website, you're selling a t-shirt that says iron sharpens iron. And then you're talking about it. And it's just like, I'm just, all these things are connecting. I'm like connections, like boom, like, okay. So um, this is real. This is really real. And it's been my life. He's been in my life. And, uh, there's something to be said here. And, and I just, one thing's been clicking after another. And I look at, like I said, I first book I opened cliff note thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First book I actually read, read was your book. And I bought all your books, actually all of them. Yeah. And, um, I just, you, it's simple for me to understand. Cause I am not, I'm a dirt worker, I'm not a freaking grammar major or, you know, like I've, that's why i wrote it. it that's why i wrote it like that i wanted to write it like i wanted to read it oh yeah and it just it just everything your testimony just really just just really opened me up and i just felt challenged to wow i can i can be if i'm the leader spiritual leader in my household and i and i love my wife it's like christ love the church and like all these like things that just started coming out like I mean, I went, we get, go to our wedding. I mean, I listened to all your podcast episodes at this point, like actually a few of them multiple times because I just loved them so much. Thank and the conversation like with your wife and the one with your wife on it too. Like right. I was like, watch, listen, how you guys talk. I'm like, God, that's, that's what I want in marriage. Like, that's awesome. That's and awesome. like, I married my best friend. So like, I'm, I, uh, I just, I kept just seeing all the, the blessings that were in my life that I thought were. I thought were just broke, like just tore me apart and were bad and all these things. I started thinking differently about um, things that I experienced in life and just living a different lifestyle. I get to my wedding, man. And um, I felt challenged, like, you know, like just, I have always, there's always a part of me that felt embarrassed to pray in front of people out loud because I didn't know how to do it. And so I, I took the time and I wrote down, I wrote out a prayer and uh, with help, little bit of help and uh, um and i prayed over 
prayed over our meal at our dinner over like 150 people. I just like some inspired me to like, I think the Holy spirit convicted me of praying over at my wedding ceremony. Right. And I went to that, I went and prepared and I'm like, I'm going to do this. And, uh, you know, I just, I had this time, I it was hard. I was always very, I cry easy. Like I'm, I'm very, I can, I'm not afraid to cry, but I, right. at that point I was so numb. I didn't cry. Oh, I got over that quick, man. I had no control over my tears at my <laughs> wedding. My wife had written a letter to her future husband in 2019 and it was written to me and it, she didn't know it was me, but it was written to me. Wow. And I hope I read that man. That was before the wedding. And I'm like crying. I'm like, dang it. And then her maid of honor comes in and says, no sunglasses. So I can't hide it. And, uh, you know, the wedding ceremony starts. And I, I see her walk around the corner with her dad and it was a cloudy day. The freaking sun comes out. Boom. He's here. He's like, oh, he's wow, watching. Awesome. I start crying. I lose it. Her dad's crying too. He, he's a crier. And so <laughs> we're crying and I give him a hug and I'm just like, I'm just looking at her as, you know, we're, you know, exchanging our vows and everything. And I'm like, just looking at the most beautiful thing in the world. I'm like, this is so <laughs> awesome, man. I'm that like, this is awesome. And from that, man, just a whole bunch of transition. I've been, I've been like, you know, talk about diligence and just like, it's taking the initiative, like just open your Bible. Like I never opened, like I started buying all sorts of books, like like the five masculine instincts was a big one I read. Um, it's basically learning about the five, five instincts that makes up, you know, a man. And like, just I'm reading these stories from the Bible that he uses in each instinct. And I'm like, like, just like actually understanding it. And, uh, you know, uh, started like doing my Bible studies on my own. Started reading devotions like every day. Um, everything just was speaking to me at the right times. And I didn't expect for everything to speak to me, you know, like when I read it, but like, I started like remembering stuff and like, I'm like, wow, like this is changing. This is changing my mind, my heart, you know, like I just, I started, um, I started just, uh, just putting my effort into that. Cause I just started seeing right. things start happening and I couldn't explain it. At the, now, at you that guys, time. Are you guys going to a church? You yes. found a church. Okay. So oh. I was in the big transition after our wedding. I was like, you know, I was listening. I think it was, I think you talked about how, well, in your book too, just like the percentages of men in church and like all these right. things and just, you know, being lukewarm or, you know, uh, you know, basically like going to churches for your, for your wife and your, your kids. And I'm like thinking like, wow, I really, you know, I think for one, without a shadow of doubt, I think kids being in church is a good thing for them. And, and I want them to know Jesus to come to know him someday have a personal relationship with them just as I do. Right. And I want to model that for them. So like bringing your family to church and like, I just, um, she really enjoys it too. And I really, she, we love it. And, um, awesome. and I'm wash, talking about washing your, your wife with the water word. Oh, it's, mm -hmm. it works. Yeah. It works. And she loves it. And, uh, because she, she grew up that way. She's actually, uh, um, our, her her dad, strong man of faith. Her her grandfather was a pastor, and her great grandfather was a pastor too. And so, like, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, um, you know, it, she has tattoo on her back, keep the faith, and that was her grandfather's big thing. And uh, um, that just like just spoke. Like, keep having faith, man. And uh, 
that's that's what I just started buying into. And I'm literally, I just, I'm everything I do now is to strengthen that and to, uh, to do, uh, what God has in store for me. And I'm, I'm really being, I'm really discerning what things are, what things are happening for why. And, you know, I'm looking for that open door. I'm just, I get, I'm every day, man. I just, and, uh, on our honeymoon, actually, Oh, just real quick. It was, it was ahead, funny. Uh, yeah. We were listening to your podcast because I just like, Jess, you have to listen to this. You have to, you have to listen to Pastor Jody and these guys talk. Like, it's awesome. And she's like, she asked me a question. She's like, she's like, what if you're on, what if you're on this, on the podcast someday? And I'm like, it was like, you know, like a dream. Like, I was like, no, nah, there's no way I'd be able to handle sitting in a freaking room with these guys. I was like, I was like, no way. I get ate up. And so, well, there's good it's news really, and bad news about that. The good news is, yeah, uh, that you know, God uses broken people. The bad news is, God uses broken people. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. So you are yeah. qualified, my man. Amen. Yeah, and like I just uh, appreciate that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I couldn't do any of this without without Jesus. Like, I could not do it. I literally, there's no way I would be way too embarrassed or shy to talk about talking about religion you know right, like exactly it's not that though it's a it's a relig- it's a relationship that uh you know like it shows it shows every day in my life and uh you know i just um i got to the point where we're on our wedding and you know we're reading it's funny really i think it was reading uh was it the book you have about the question, like 15 questions you men won't ask their wives or whatever. Right, it was. Exactly. Or the, the marriage yeah. advance. The marriage yeah, advance. The marriage yeah. advance. We're re- I'm reading that on our honeymoon. And uh, we're also, my, w- my wife wanted to read a book with me right when we got married called love and respect, you know, that's, and uh, I'm reading book. out of your book and you mentioned it and how going to, going to the conferences right. every year, I believe. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm sitting over reading it and like, I'm literally learning I'm like, I'm reading this book and I'm fascinated. I'm like, wow, like this makes sense. Okay. Like applying all these things to your, to your marriage and, you know, having, creating a good foundation and building off of it through Christ is literally the best. The biblical sense of marriage is the one that is working for my family. And I see it and it's, it's amazing. I see, I see. That's awesome. And it really just helped, like emotionally, like you know, you get hit with a, a season where you you don't have work or your money's tight or you know things are happening in your life. You know, relationships are struggling. Like you always have something to turn back, someone to turn back to. And, right. You know, just put put trust in him, and and uh, he got us through a hard season of you know transitioning. My she's now staying at home. My wife's staying at home with our kids now, and uh, you know uh, she to truly moving in. And this is, I had a vision about this, like in, I want to say it was October when I first brought it up and it took her a long time because, you know, it was a huge change in her identity. Right. At the same time, my identity is changing is hers is. And I see things just like, just start moving and man, I just, I just get to here now. Yeah. When you start doing the biblical model of, of marriage and family, God Mm -hmm. actually starts, he, he's, he blesses that. You know, too often we want to try to do things our way instead yeah. of instead of God's way. You know, it's yeah. um, I got a 
not too long ago, I got a, an email from somebody. <clears throat> they were asking about the, the model that we have here at our church, which we believe is the biblical model of eldership and uh, leadership, and wanted to know why we, were ha- why we only had male leaders. And uh, it's because when, when you read 1 uh, Timothy uh, chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1, you see the layout that God has placed in there. And for centuries, it has always been a male leader. Um, Genesis chapter 3 actually talks about the uh, curse that women have been given, and that curse is to uh, desire your husband. And it's not a desire sexually, it's desire the, 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 the position of the husband. And so this curse has been placed there ever since the beginning of time, and uh, or since the fall of man, I should say, and we've always wanted to do it our way instead of God's way. And it's it's whether it's the church, the leadership in the church, whether it's the leadership in the um, home, um, and we we try to not saying that it doesn't necessarily work, but it doesn't work right. That's the problem. And so when you start adding those those things into your home, you'll start seeing God bless it in a way that you'll be like, I, we had nothing to do with that. That was all God. And um, it will be easier, even though it will be harder. It'll be, you know, in the hard times, it'll be easier because yep. you have each other. You understand the relationship. And um, Jessica will be blessed because um, she's staying at home and, and tending her household. She's tending the the home. And uh, there will be major, major blessings. Uh, I'll never forget the day that my wife quit because I was going to kill her when I thought she, she was going to quit work. It like freaked me out because she was working uh, for Pfizer Pharmaceuticals and making really good money. And I thought there's no way we'll ever make it without her because, you know, we were just in, you know, dinks, dual income, no kids at the time. And then we had kids and all of a sudden she wants to quit work and stay at home with their kids, which I totally get because we had a full-time live-in nanny and that didn't make sense to have somebody else raise your kids. But for 20 plus years, she has been at home taking care of our kids. And it has been a major, I don't know how we've made it financially. God just keeps showing up and showing off. It's been so cool um, because we're trying to do everything in his way. And it's it's not easy. And that's what the world is trying to tell everybody right now is that you, do, you don't necessarily need to do it God's way. We've got a million different programs. We've got plans. We've got all of these ideas that you can try. But the moment that you get out of God's um, design, then you've really screwed things up. And it usually catches up with you pretty quick. Not saying that it can't be done. I'm saying that it's not done right. And that's a big problem, yeah. especially within the church and within uh, the context of the home. Yeah, yes. Tanner, Tanner, when I hear uh, when I hear your testimony uh, from the time you first started and you said something to the extent of uh, I've always been a loving person or I was always, you know, someone full of love. I, I the, the word that's coming to mind is the providence of God. Right. Mm-hmm. So the providence of God is God's unseen hand. It's how God directs and moves everything in in his children's lives, even before they know him, uh, to get them to a certain point. If you read the book of Esther or you read the book of Ruth, the God's name is not mentioned in the in the in either of those books, not once. Yet, yet, um, Ruth shows up in the field that Boaz owns, 
and all these things are happening behind the scenes. Uh, Esther uh, ends up, uh, 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 you know, g- given the the King Herod's was it Herod or Harem? What's the guy's name in Esther the Book of Xerxes. Esther? No, no, Xerxes. no. The, the guy that the 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 guy that the king that that was going to hang all oh, the Israelites. Harem is no, it Herod? No, no, Herod, no. No, uh, I can't remember his name. Come on, anyway, I'm thinking it doesn't, of veggie tales. It doesn't like matter. Sort of- it doesn't matter. But my point is the, that 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 man's people had been 400 years before that had been killing God's people, right? And and 400 years later, through a woman, God delivers His people, right? And so that's the that's the unseen hand of God. My favorite story in the Bible has become the story of Joseph in Genesis. And in and in Genesis 45, 8, 7 and 8, Joseph says this to his brothers who had thrown him into a well. They had he had been sold into slavery. He had been uh, used by Potiphar, uh, accused by his wife, uh, thrown into jail, this, that and the other. And he says this to his brothers in 45, 7. And God went sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you, many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God, he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and rule over the land of Egypt. And then in Genesis 50, 20, he says to his brothers, the famous verse, what you meant for evil, God meant it for good. That it is very important. God meant those things to happen to Joseph. That was his path, being sold in, being thrown into a well by his brothers, being sold into slavery. God meant those things to happen to him, but God meant them for another reason. God meant them to get him to Egypt, to to be uh, favored by Pharaoh, to deliver all these people and keep them from starving, and one day to forgive his brothers. Right. So that's the and and so all these signs that God is showing you where you kept saying, I see it, you know, man, I can't believe this happened. All the pieces of the puzzle are coming together. That's God showing you his providence in your life, that he's always been there. You love because I first loved you. Right. He loved you long before you ever even even knew who he was. My point is this. That should give you humility. Right. That should get you to stop having expectations and making all these plans with. And I'm not saying you don't plan your life to a degree. Right. But just keep listening to God for all that he wants you to do. If he wants you to turn right, if he wants you to turn left, if he wants you to go straight, just make sure you stay in tune with the Holy Spirit. And God is guiding you because it's God that is that is sending you every step of the way. Right. And it takes humility to believe that and to submit to it. Yeah. And the biggest thing from in, in that is that I bought into is it's done in his timing, not your own. Mm, and uh, his timing's perfect. If you can and, learn uh, that early on in your Christianity, it'll make life a little I'll, bit easier for you for sure. Rick Rick Warren laid out a lot of I listen to him every day too. And uh he's literally laid out some good things that I've taken to heart and uh just carried with me and just like basically along lines of what you just said. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm intentionally working on this with my wife is I'm trying to align my expectations of my life with Christ. And that means like 
getting to know him deeper and deeper and asking the Holy spirit in prayer and just like, you know, what are you showing me here? And just trying to sit back and not being rash anymore. Cause I'm, I'm very spontaneous, I would say in, in nature, like as a person. And I like to take chances, but the problem is I've taken, well, not the problem. My choices aren't always what God, what God wants for me. Right. So like, that's, you know, obviously you learn that as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus, that comes, yeah. that will come in, in time. And, you know, you're a brand new yeah. Christian. Um, and in and I'll say in age as in, in in years of your Christianity, so to speak. Um, yeah. So you've got you've got time, you know, to grow in that in time that you will you'll get to a place to where uh, it makes more sense and things, you know, flow a little bit better and you won't have this ebb and flow, you know, like you start off, <clears throat> especially trying to to fight the flesh, you know, that's a big deal early on in your Christianity because you're trying to fight the flesh and the spirit's trying to take over and you just keep struggling. You keep fighting, keep fighting. And that's, that causes the ebbs and flows of, of your walk. And, uh, the older you get, uh, not that sin goes away, but you definitely, you learn to sin less because you're learning to control the flesh. You know how much trouble you've gotten to in the past because of it. And so, uh, mm-hmm. that's wisdom. You know, that's how yeah. you learn wisdom. Yeah, and it's learning in the agate. I don't know. I tell you that. I forgot. Hey, hey Tanner, I'm going to suggest it. I'm because you're newer to the Bible. I'm going to suggest a. I'm going to suggest a, a a pastor for you to listen to uh, when you're not at your church. His name's Alistair Begg. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's got a real thick Scottish accent, but when he preaches, hey, um, Alistair. Yeah, it's A L L. I S T A I R beg B E G G. So he's been preaching for probably 50, 60 years. He's got a real thick Scottish accent. The reason why I'm telling you this is because when he preaches, he's teaching the Bible. He's not, he's not preaching sermons on how to feel better about yourself today. Not that there's not a place for that, but he, he is preaching the word of God and teaching you uh, what it is, what it is saying. It's called expository preaching. Jody does it. We do it here at night. So my my point is, listen listen to him. You can YouTube him. You can. He's got a uh, he's got an app and a in a ministry called Truth for Life. But it's really gonna it's really gonna um uh uh good. quicken yeah. your your Bible yeah. understanding. Yeah, he's good. And if if, uh, if I were to ask you, what would you tell some young guy right now kind of going through the struggles that you've been going through or maybe who's hit kind of rock bottom and, and doesn't have a wife necessarily that or a girlfriend that's coming alongside of him? You know, maybe they're listening right now and they're struggling just to try to get their feet on the ground. What, what would be your advice um, in, in order to help them get to that that place? I would say this, I would say, trust, trust the, trust that in the moment, like the Holy, I, I truly believe that I was, I was chosen in the sense, like I felt I've never, I never experienced such a, such a presence ever in my life. And I just, I just sat still and just listened. And I, I, I truly believe that God, God will show you his he has a plan for you and he will right. show you, you know, he, he will give you a clear sign when you need it. When you're at your low, low, 
he will give you a sign. And like, I, I feel like if I had been told that or not, if I've been told that, but like, if I would have known that maybe, mm -hmm. um, or been shown that, that this is going to happen for me. This is, I'm going to, it's going to happen. And I, I wouldn't have gotten to the dark place I was at. Cause I just, I really just let, I let my sin, like even when you say like your sin, you know, will take you deeper than ever you, want, you ever wanted to go. Right. That's where I, that's where I was at, man. It was, it was forgiveness is the most powerful thing I've ever, ever like taking into, into my own heart and, and just learning to let go of things. And, uh, it really just started like having, having somebody that very close that I'm safe with and being vulnerable and being able to grow with. And that's like throwing out hard things that you struggle with. Right. Like, Hey, I, I did this. And like, you know, I, I just want you to know, cause like, it's like, I feel terrible about it. And I want to like, like once I started doing that and that could be with through men, like you say, accountability partner, right. biggest thing, having a, having a person in your life that could literally sit you and look you in the face and tell you, Hey, you're messing up. Like, you know, like, or this and like not get offended or like want to fight him for it. Mm -hmm. And just like listening to him is the biggest thing, man. Like, like, Hey, I truly care about you enough to tell you this. And oh, you're like, wow, that guy's different. Yeah. That guy's different. He said something that like no one else would say to me. Like I've never, and I, for me, that's been my life, but like for everybody else is different. You know, you gotta, you gotta have people that are close in your circle, a tight knit group, people that you right. go to with anything. Yeah. I would say that that's, I, I don't think that's different for, I would say every man needs that. Uh, someone who is very okay with offending them. My best friends will tell me when I'm incorrect and yeah. I get the most growth from those instances. It, I mean, a, a true, I always, a I true, always think I'm sorry for Goza. Every time he says that I think about for telling the story when somebody is like messing with him on the road and he's like, <laughs> listen you just flipped him off he's like no i didn't i did this and he's like bud you just flipped him off god knows what you did that's the california hello yeah uh -huh. yep what, so show, what tv show was that the california hello hey say hello everybody i don't remember what the uh was. beverly hill oh uh, yeah must be the california hello so i've got a question for jody all right like uh, and and obviously God gets all the glory. Amen. But you I mean you're sitting here and you're listening to this young man, and like your book and your your ministry has changed his life. Amen. Like God has oh, used God. it in his life, and he's quoting. I mean, he, he knows your book as well as you do. What is that? I mean, and I'm not asking from a right. prideful perspective because I know God gets all the glory for everything in your life, but. When you're sitting here and you're listening to this, what are the thoughts that come through your mind? I, I, many times I'm like, why me? Yeah. You know, it's just like, or how me, you know, I, I, I'm a redneck from Kentucky who didn't even read a book until I wrote one. Yeah. It was just kind of yeah. like, till I gave my life to the Lord. And so, um, I'm just honored, you know, to, to hear that. And God has just really used a really simple book to get guys encouraged. And I think that's, you know, the, the message for me is that guys need to hear it like guys need to hear it. Yeah. You know, it's it, we can't, you know, man be pamsy it. And uh, they've, they've got to hear it in a way that really just gets to the core of their their inner being of just and it's a challenge is really what it is. But, yeah, I'm I'm honored, Tanner. I, I you know, God has really used this book and. You know, we we've been blessed. We've got almost fifty thousand copies of this book out. You know, in an eleven year period, and um, 
and it's just it's just good it's just god you know god has done that and uh it's just a, it was a simple book that uh god gave me it, honestly it was my testimony and uh, i was just following the plan that god had much like what you're doing right now of growing in the grace and knowledge you know it started off with my personal relationship i had to start off with a personal relationship i need to know who jesus was i need you know i didn't know how to be a husband or a father um because i was still working in that realm of just trying to have this personal relationship like there was a day my wife walked into um this was after we got saved i'm reading all these books i'm reading my bible and she walked into my office and i had this little bookshelf and it, it had um it was basically men's ministry um, uh, self-help books is really what it was about me. It wasn't about my family. It wasn't about my marriage. It wasn't about, you know, anything else. It was just about, okay, how can I grow? Uh, what things do I need to do? You know, and all this person and finally, she goes, when are you going to start working on your marriage? And I was like, no, oh, you know, kind of deal. And so I actually started, you know, getting marriage books and then getting parenting books and you know just so for me it's it was kind of a process of just trying to learn who i was in christ and then how do i take who i am in christ and teach or, and come alongside of my wife and so yeah. yeah i mean it's it's a it's a it's so cool and I, I i hope you know in five years now from now tanner you're and you and jessica are just still growing um in God and that you get closer with each other and, you know, there's more kids on the way and all of that kind of stuff. And God just does a major work in your life. Um, what I would, what I would say right now is, um, grow as God wants you to grow. Don't try to, you know, look at my book or, or listen to our podcast and go, man, that's, that's where I want to, I'm, I'm going to try to get there. And you bypass all of these steps. It's like, you know, it's like a hurdle race, you know, the, hundred meter hurdle in order to get to the finish line, you have to hit every hurdle. And that's what you're going to do in your yeah. Christian walk. You're going to have to hit every hurdle. You got to jump it over uh, to get to that place to where, you know, I've been doing this for 20 plus years now, um, you know, as a, as a Christian, and uh, it looks a little bit different than somebody who's just starting. You're going to have to go through all the same struggles I did uh, in order to to be the man that God has called you to be. And I'm still not there. I'm still struggling. I'm still, uh, you know, hoping one of these days that, you know, and the only time that I will be perfect is when I get the glorified body. You know, when God, you know, takes me home or Jesus comes back one way or the other and we're all sitting there in heaven and uh, we're all perfect at that time. But until then, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a fight. And I encourage you to, you know, stay in your word, um, get men around you to, to hold you accountable. I've got, you know, Ben is one of my closest friends at, 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 um, at church. And, uh, he always makes fun of me, you know, cause every now and then, you know, somebody will bring me a coffee or <laughs> at church or bring me a, a bottle of water before I get ready to preach. Or he sees me coming out of my office and he's like, all right, Joel Osteen, come on over here. You got you to gotta get, you got to mingle with the crowd and come on. Yep. Don't, don't act like you're in the green room or something like that. So you got to have men yeah. like that in your life to help you uh, stay humble and, uh, you know, do the things that God's called you to do. So I, yeah. I appreciate that. I really do. And I want to tell you, I mean, like, this is a huge step for me. Like I talking to you guys here is like, it's a big step for me because I'm, 
I really am I'm being very not careful, but I'm trying to discern like, you know, moments that I need to or doors I need to step in through right. and and being trusting in that. Well, and always, this is one of them. Always just talking to you, it took yeah. me six, seven months to even reach out to you because I literally was like, man, man. it's just a, it's just a feeling. But what? no, it wasn't a feeling. It was a, it was a start of a foundation. And, there's uh, not, there's not a man that I have not reached back to that's reached out to me. Um, and all the years that I've been in ministry, that was one thing that I wanted, wanted to do. I've, uh, I pour into my first fan, my first ministry. That's my family. The overflow of that is everything else. That's the man up. That's our church. Um, that's the ability to, to disciple men, um, you know, to write books. Uh, that's all God. And, and, um, you know, I want to encourage you because, because here's what will happen is as you, glean from the things that we talk about here on the podcast and the things that are in my book, you're going to be able to pass those on to the next guy. And you need to take that opportunity. That's that's called discipleship. And you need to start, you know, start with your, which you've already done, start with your wife, start with your kids. That's your first ministry. That's where you're going to grow the most. Um, because if you get out of balance and you try to start a ministry uh, on down the road without having your family um, identified in that calling as well, you will, it will splinter that, that first ministry that you're supposed to have. Um, but take the opportunity to share with other men, uh, what you're going through, you know, even the simplest things, it's gonna, it's gonna make an impact because everybody starts where you were, you know, you're not where I am, but you're past where you were and somebody's right there where you are. And so you've got to, You've got to grow in those things, and uh, you'll do a really good job with it if you stay focused. Keep your feet on the ground. That sounds like Casey Kasem, doesn't it? Keep your feet on the ground, your eyes in the sky, or something like that. Um, but keep <laughs> keep your feet on the ground. Don't try to outgrow God. Let Him grow you, and um, and don't get puffed up. You know that's that's the hardest thing you do as you grow in the grace of Jesus is uh, try not to get puffed up by any means. You know, you know, it's funny you say that, about, like, uh, trying to grow with Jesus. And, uh, I was, I was thinking it's probably last week and I was thinking about, you, you guys seen the movie, Bruce Almighty, mm-hmm. Morgan, Morgan Freeman, you know, when he goes, you know, he finally responds to the pager tax, goes to the, goes to the address and he meets God. He didn't know at the time, but it was a guy mopping the floor and he asked him if he wants to help. And, mm-hmm. uh, he, uh, he says no. And he's like, he's like, you know, take a rain check or whatever. And, uh, I look at like, in the sense, like he, when he finally grabbed a mop with him, Right. And he was cleaning up his life with him. He's like, yo, right. you made a mil- real mess of things. You know, like I just kind of laugh, like <laughs> that's kind of what he does. He grab a mop with him and he just start, he start mopping things up, man. It's just, it's yeah. cleaning up things and getting it back to, to God's like what God wants for you. And, uh, he wants to love you. And, uh, I just, I want to really say, I, I, you know, in the, in this world, and especially now is, you know, we're pushed on us growing up, you know, strive for generational wealth, you know, for your right. family and all these things. Right. And, you know, like there's huge contracts and NBA, NFL, and people are all about it, but you know, like, and like being married to somebody that has this in their family, it's like, why not strive for generational faith and, Amen. you know, like passing on a legacy that lasts because money runs out, but you know, like you know, the cup Jesus fills up for you, it doesn't run out. It doesn't. Amen. And, uh, 
I pray no, that you'll li- I pray that you'll live with that in your heart because that's that is so true. The legacy of Christ it goes f- so much farther than the legacy of money for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, Amen. and I was listening to you guys talk last week too, and it was funny because we didn't watch the episode live mm-hmm. because we watched the case for Christ, and you guys were talking. Rios was talking about case for creation, and then you guys started talking about case for Christ. I'm right. like. Well, I really want to text you right now and say, dude, I was just melting over this movie. I was crying. My wife came over and had to hold me. Yeah. It's the parts, I mean, literally just trying to prove, just trying to prove right. this not real and all these Good. things. And literally it leads them to, to believing it. And, uh, I just started seeing the part about his dad and, you know, how proud of him he was and all these things. And he saved all his articles. I just started melting, man. And with the kids and then gave the little note saying like, I was, his kids came to faith and right. like six months after just, it just makes you just, it's a, it's tears of joy. It's just Amen. really like, I'm like, I'm living, I'm, I'm living this. And I like, literally it, I love the way my life has gone. And like at my wedding yeah. too. And when I gave a toast, I said, I, when I opened your book and read, you know, like thanking your parents, like for raising you the best they knew how, like right. that I teared up. Like, I was like, thank you. Because if you didn't raise me this way or that circumstances didn't go the way they did in my life, I wouldn't be where I am now. And that's, right. that's, that's, the, that's the way God, that's the way God had a plan for me. And I truly see it now. And I, mm. and I just, I never, that's my path. And I, uh, like I said, I very, very, this is like the big, biggest honor for me. And uh, for goes, by the way, you got a killer voice. I love your voice, man. <laughs> Thanks. And your songs. Like I was like, you kept playing it on, kept playing it in the early on in the episodes, you know, like uh-huh. your song drunk or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, God, damn. We're waiting like, for a new movie to, or a new song to come out. I wish 15th, it was, yeah. 15th, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty boy singer. I'm like, that's why he puts him on there. He wants all yeah. the, he wants all the <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's just a good looker. He's just a good looker. Yeah, I yeah. can't I keep messing up the switch. I'm the video switcher too. And, yeah. Uh I keep messing that up. But uh to plug myself, uh April 15th, waking up music video comes out. So that's I'll good. start I'll talking die. about it here pretty um, soon. Yeah. And you know what? I love seeing you back on last week, Ben, too. It was like I, 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 I started playing, playing music and I literally just started saying, thank you. Like I've Amen. seen you on here, back on here. And then like, it, I, the place that I'm at now, I can't even, I can't even explain. It's just, it's good. Amen. Or like more, or like Morgan Freeman says, oh, Bruce Almighty says it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, awesome, I'm funny, brother. But, Awesome. Well, like man, we've been, we've been honored to hear your story and, uh, we will definitely stay in touch. Uh, we're looking at doing a conference in Seattle in fall in the fall. So, uh, we'll keep you in mind for that and let you know when that's happening. You can help us reach out to more people. Um, uh, I'd love to, I'd love to meet up with you if you have time when you're out here. I really heck do. Yeah. Heck yeah. So, my family uh, and- so make sure yep. we'll, Tell your family we love them, and we're so happy for you that uh, Christ rocked your world, and we look forward to hearing the great stories on down in the future. And so, uh, let's stay in touch, Amen. Amen. And Ben, uh, hey, I appreciate I appreciate uh, you giving me some some pointers where you're headed. I really right, appreciate man. that. Yeah, stay in touch. You can get my contact information from Jody. Yeah, yeah, I'd like all your guys. You guys, I, like I said, I love you guys. You guys Heck are awesome. Yeah. Well, we're we're excited for you, Tanner. Keep it up and uh and keep growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus and love your wife like Christ loved the church and raise those children as um as you're right there you go. On my honeymoon. 
There you go. Ephesians, Ephesians 5, verse 33, baby. That's what I'm living by. There you uh, go. I love it. Love it, love and it. Love is kind. And she's got there love is go. patient on her arm. That's on her honeymoon. <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm all in, man. Amen. Well, God bless you, yeah. brother. Well, we're going to let you go tonight, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Folks, thank you so much for joining us uh, here on the Man Up God's Way podcast. Every Monday night, 8 o'clock, we try to be here live, uh, and it will be on our podcast platform tomorrow uh, on Podomatic, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and Google Play. And we will see you guys soon. God bless. You've been listening to the Man Up God's Way podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and our website at manupgodsway.org.